Welcome to Inventive Montreal Youth Family Support Center. We are a not-for-profit organization working with families all across Canada and internationally. Inventive Minds Child Youth Family Support Center helps parents with day-to-day parenting challenges through their workshops related to pediatric and parenting. Inventive Minds works with families with our Early Years Center for newborn to age six and our private elementary school from junior kindergarten to grade three. Inventive Minds also works with families who are going through ups and downs of life through separation and divorce by providing family mediation, parenting coordination, arbitration, services. Inventive Minds works closely with Children Aid Services and other government services for providing parenting courses that can help parents thrive to be better parents into their day-to-day parenting. If you'd like to learn more about us and our services, please check us up at inventivekids.com or canadafamilymediation.com. If you wish to conduct a child voice report, feel free to reach out to Inventive Minds and we will assist you with our professional child development specialist. Today, I am excited to have with me John, and I'm going to give the floor to John. It's going to be very dynamic and different because we're really actually going to take out some real case studies, and we're going to really digest them and divide them and learn a little bit more about some real facts, some real situations, and how John has overcome them with his power of his weapon in mortgage. So let's go. Thanks for having me. For those of you that don't know, I created a service called Separation Mortgages, and we literally help people who are in the process of separation and divorce and then need mortgage financing. So usually someone wants to get the matrimonial home, and then other times people want to take the equity out of the home and buy another property. So we're here to assist in every possible way. Usually we help in the midst of separation, but it's not out of our realm to help post-separation and well into the divorce process. It's not just through the divorce process, but that post and after that, that whole relationship continues with mortgage. Oh yeah, because a lot of our clients now, because we've been doing this for a very long time, you know, have met other people. Some of them have remarried. Others have met someone and they want to purchase a property together and aren't married. And, and how do they do that? How do they purchase a property with a friend or a business partner or a new love? Does each person have the same down payment? And is the equity 50-50? Is it 60-40? And we help in all of those situations. Please go ahead. I look forward to hearing your case studies. Okay. This is a typical day. So we do about 40 or 50 of these types of scenarios uh, each and every year. So the background is there's a mediator that we know, mediator does and had two clients, Mrs. Smith, Mr. Smith. Essentially what ends up happening is one person wanted to keep the matrimony home and another person wanted to purchase another property. And so each person went off to their respective banks and they did get the information that they needed or what they wanted. Uh, because most times when you go to your to your bank or your branch, either you don't have enough information or they won't help you because you don't have a signed separation agreement at that point in time. And there's a lot of what if scenarios. And unfortunately, as much as I love the banks and we work with them each and every day at the branch level, unfortunately, they're not equipped to handle these types of scenarios and these types of files in order to provide a solution for people. So the mediator, uh, she called me up and she said, hey, look, we have a couple that's separating. How can you help? Quickly, I asked, hey, what is the goal? And the goal was for one person to keep the matrimony home, another purchase, another person to purchase property in the same area so they could have a positive co-parenting relationship. Kids could stay in the same school district, same circle of friends, same ball teams, all that stuff. Best in person of the child always. 100%. And it was wonderful. So I'll start with the end in mind. We were able to do this. So this is great. And now they have a very positive and supportive co-parenting relationships and the kids can stay in the matrimonial. This is how we help. 
just going through that, uh, maybe you cannot go through the detail of it, but what was some of the detailed calculation you had to do in order to ensure that one parent keeps the matrimonial home where the other parent can live in the other area? What was it that you had to help them in finances with mediator to come up with this resolution, really? We actually sat down, the four of us, and we had to figure out Mrs. Smith receiving, say, two, $3,000 in spousal support. Is that enough to purchase a property? And on the other side of this equation is Mr. Smith, who's trying to keep the matrimonial home. Is it too much for him to be paying out and still afford a property? So we were able to to say, okay, well, this is the minimum amount of money each person needs in order to each qualify for a mortgage. And so we were able to provide that to the mediator. The mediator was able to say, this is great for, for Mrs. Smith. And this is wonderful for Mr. Smith with the understanding both of them would be able to afford a property. And so they all played with those numbers. I didn't participate in those decisions, but I participated in this is how the banks are going to treat these numbers and which banks will use 100% of child and spousal support in order to qualify. So there are actually banks that uses child support and spousal support as an asset, and there are some banks that actually don't? Correct. So some banks will use 100% of the child support payment so the person receiving the child and spousal support for dollar for dollar. Someone's paying you $1,000 a month in child and spousal support. Only some banks will use 100% of that. Some banks will only use 30% of it, and some will use 50% of it. And some will use nothing unless there is a three or six month history of payments. During separation, in the midst of separation, usually there is not a history. So it can become a little bit more challenging. So for these particular files, we use only certain big banks in order to help our clients get what they need. That was very insightful. Thank you, John. And that brings me to another topic. A lot of times during mediation, uh, we come up with a separation date where they are living under the same roof in the same house. Does that mean even during that time that the child support is being given, even they're in the same household and asset hasn't been separated, that can still be used towards purchasing a house? Yes, if there's a history of it, it just makes the file a little bit stronger with some banks. So if there's a data separation and assuming because they're living under the same roof, there's a payment being paid and received that can enhance the, the scenario. We've been in situations where they're living in the same property, but there's no payment being received or paid because they're still living on the, under the same property. So we have to be very careful on the specific details of the unique circumstance that the two people are under. So I guess that's where the importance of a broker comes in, because as an individual, if you're going to any bank, you don't know all these details and you really don't know what you need to show going to the bank. And you might be actually able to qualify, but because you're not providing all the full information, your file may actually get declined. Yeah, it's almost trying to do a puzzle with only some of the pieces and, and being expected to putting the entire puzzle together, knowing you don't have all the information. So, And this is where we step in, because this is the service that we created about 12 years ago. Can you explain to me why sometimes you need two brokers? So in this particular case, one had a broker, one had a banker, but because they didn't have all the relevant information, they weren't helpful, unfortunately. Not all mortgage brokers, not all bankers, they don't all have the same knowledge. So we say separation or divorce, come talk to us because we've seen a lot. We have a lot of history and a lot of knowledge that we're, we're able to bring to the table. In this particular situation, they originally went to two different people. They couldn't bring the information that the mediator wanted. So we stepped in. We did basically something called like a needs analysis and trying to figure out what everyone needed. But what we also found out was they were short money, meaning had increasing debts. Their credit scores weren't above average. And we also found out that Mrs. Smith, who wanted to buy a new property, she didn't have access to a down payment. We were able to access a home equity line of credit for both people. We gave Mrs. Smith, say, $50,000 
going to give Mr. Smith the exact same amount of money, paid on some debts, and she was able to have a down payment for the property she was going to purchase. So we were able to work all that out increase their credit scores simultaneously. Didn't take very long. What we also figured out was with the help of the mediator and the clients, what the child and spousal support payments needed to be in order for both people to be successful with respect to home ownership. When we did all that, Mr. Smith was able to refinance his property. He was able to take out equity from the property, pay out Mrs. Smith. She was able to take those funds and use that for the rest of her down payment in order to what we call close on the house. Close on the house essentially means, here, Mrs. Smith, here are your keys. They now live probably about four or five blocks away from each other, and the kids don't have a large commute in order to see mom or dad. Do you recommend people living under the same roof until they divide their assets or their houses? Or do you recommend it's okay for one person to move in a rental property until assets are separated? Uh, I don't make any of those recommendations as a mortgage broker, as a mortgage professional. I completely stay out of that. I rely on the mediator and other professionals who are more in tune with what's right for those for those individuals. If there's ever a safety issue, you know, the recommendation is to go somewhere where you're going to be safe and there's no violence or any threat of violence. We've been on files before where there was uh, a lot of DV. So for those of you that don't know what DV is, that's domestic violence. Yes. And so four or five years ago, we were on a file. We actually feared so much for this one person that we reached out to this person and we put her up in a hotel on our dime for four and a half days. She was able to do what she needed in order to be safe. You know, authorities were called, so on and so forth. And we were very fortunate. We were able to assist in that in that manner. I can't make those recommendations. Like, I, I just don't. We have seen situations like that. It wasn't the prettiest. And we did step in and say, hey, listen, let's let's help you out here. We'll worry about separation mortgages when the right time uh, So really, up. the best thing is with questions like that to go through their family mediators and have the mediators fork through them and move forward with the decision making. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I think that's a, probably the, the best recommendation. Your mortgage broker should be somebody that's able to find a viable solution for you and the other person, you and your ex, in order for both of you to qualify and afford your own property, assuming that is the end goal. Most times in our in our day-to-day, that's the end goal for people. Most people don't want to rent. Uh, there's no shame in renting, but a lot of people prefer owning, and we are very pro-ownership, so that's where we step in. And, uh, Perfect. Uh, is there another case you want to talk to us about tonight? Yeah. So within the last, say, three or four days, there was a settlement conference. So two people you know, had a disagreement. They went to a settlement conference. My suggestion to anybody that is in a settlement conference don't be cocky. Just don't. I knew the uh, one of the people helping our mutual client, the ex-husband, he said to his ex-wife, there is no way you'll be able to afford this property. Not only won't you be able to afford it, you won't even be able to qualify. And if you think you are, I will give it to you for this price. And the lawyer looked at his co-counsel, the lawyer looked at his client, and he said, we need about 10 or so minutes to make this decision, but I think we're going to take you up on that deal. I tell anybody who's in a settlement conference, mediators, lawyers, whoever, if you're in that room and there's an offer on the table that may be fair, that you want to jump all over, call me. And so he called and he said, look, this is the offer. He's giving us the house at a really discounted rate. And his ego was really taking over in the negotiations. His perspective was who's being cocky. And I think he had a a bit of a narcissistic personality. And we were able to, in about five, 10 minutes, I was able to do a quick synopsis of this person's file. Through technology, we were able to email back and forth documents that we needed, uh, signatures that we needed. I did a quick pre-qualification. I said, look, your numbers look really good on my end. 
Um, you know, let's just make sure that everything looks good. She signed a couple things over the over online, got everything ready, pulled her credit. This is in all in about 10, 15 minutes. Like we were rushing. Oh, John, that's like magic. <laughs> yeah, like I was in the zone. This was a little bit more litigious than in mediation. We were still able to help someone. And that for me is a win. The lawyer was able to take that to the settlement conference and say, yeah, we're going to take this deal. Give us a few days in order to come back with the approval. I sent it to the bank that afternoon. I had an approval sent to this client. She signed everything back to us about a day or two. We're ready to go. We had a call from the other client's lawyer. So the ex-husband's lawyer called us and he said, I don't know what you did, but that was pretty impressive. And I have a bunch of clients for you. I need need you on my team because he knows the, the power of a knowledgeable expert in this field. That's wonderful. So what are some obstacles do clients need to be made aware of? So some obstacles that people don't really understand is if you're using two different brokers or two different bankers, one of the problems is if someone's keeping the matrimonial home and the rest of your down payment or your deposit is tied up in the equity of the property and you've already purchased a property and you need to close by a certain deadline, you might be in trouble. So having the same broker and can refinance the property, have funds moved over to the other separating spouse in order for that person to close on their property is really beneficial. The left hand always needs to know what the right hand is doing. And that's why I think mediation is so important because it's the same thing. The mediation is looking at the best benefit of both parties, just like what you're saying right now. You're really looking at the best benefit of both parties, making sure everything gets resolved. Right. You as a mediator are probably looking two, three, four, or five steps ahead. The mortgage broker should also be looking for five steps ahead and saying, okay, Mrs. Smith, you're off to buy a new property. Wonderful. It's five blocks away. Where's the money coming from? Because that's what banks really want to know. One of the major pieces in purchasing a property, where is the down payment? And where is it coming from? And if somebody isn't moving fast enough, maybe went on vacation, still in COVID, did they take two weeks off? Did they get COVID? Like all these things are still occurring. And so you need someone that's going to be able to produce. Refinance the matrimonial home. Mr. Smith can keep the property if that's the goal take the money out or the equity out, be able to transfer it over to the separating spouse. In this particular case, her to purchase the other property. Both people, the exes, need to have the same contact person because it takes the anxiety levels way down. Mediation, any type of separation or divorce will have its level of anxiety. Sometimes it's a good day, other times it's a bad day. But if both people can realize, hey, I can call John and he's going to tell me that everything's okay, wonderful. And it takes that level of stress out of the equation and they have better mental health. Thank you for that. Um, uh, My next question is what happens after they sign the separation agreement? When we created the service, we said to people, we are going to be able to provide you with an approval without a signed separation agreement. We're able to get you a mortgage approval without a signed separation agreement. We talked to our banking people that we work with and this is what we've created our goal is for people to sign the separation agreement with greater confidence now that they have their approval they've signed the separation agreement with greater confidence knowing that they have the mortgage approval in hand what we do is we say okay now you've signed a separation agreement uh, mrs smith now has gone off and, and bought a property she needs to close now what mrs smith now needs to make an appointment at her real estate lawyer's office same thing with using one broker if both people can use the same real estate lawyer it is very beneficial because the same person has both files and can see the debts that are going to be paid, understands the instructions from the bank, understands the instructions within the, within the signed separation agreement that says Mrs. Smith is going to be paid, say, $500,000 as an example. She's going to be given this. 
of the $500,000, she's going to use say 250 or 300 as the down payment. The other $200,000 or whatever the, the balance left over is, is going to be allocated towards A, B, and C. Maybe she's going to take it all in cash. We talked about anxiety. One mortgage broker, one real estate lawyer, I would say about 85% of your problems go away. Thank you so much for that. Is there anything you want to leave us with today? Any word of wisdom or anything specific that you feel is important to know? Yeah. So actually, I was talking to a Mrs. Smith today. It was a tough day for her. And my words of wisdom to her was take a step back, take a deep breath, and let's remind ourselves how even though there are obstacles in our way, life is still pretty darn good. Her and I both together took a couple of deep breaths. In fact, we took three. We said, everything is going to be okay. Your mortgage is approved. You're going to be fine. So she was going through a little bit of anxiety. I get it. That was about 1, 1.30 this afternoon. And about 2.30, 2.45, she called me. She was having a cup of tea. And she said, she took my advice. And she said, great advice. She really appreciated it. And she calmed right down. The rest of her day was, was much better. Even though people are separating, divorcing, it's still important to understand this too shall pass. Let's take some deep breaths and continue being wonderful humans to one another. That was very beautifully put. I appreciate that. You know, as a family mediator working with families, I realize this is one of the most emotional time for people. And there's a lot of high emotions. There's a lot of unknown. And sometimes our feelings can create anxiety and fear. And I think going through a broker, uh, through separation, divorce, going through professionals that can help us and assist us, it's really the key to know we're not alone. There are supports out there and there are professionals to help us through these stages. But I think one of the things that really touched me is about the whole domestic violence and what your office did to support. I think that's just super amazing. And if you are going through a domestic violence, going through a separation divorce, and you're feeling that there is financial strain put on you, it's important not to stay in the same household, to move and to really refer to mediation, support, asset separation, and we can definitely support you through that basis. Please feel free to reach out to inventivekidswithaz.com and look at our other events and workshops coming up in our family center. Thank you, John, for today. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Bye-bye.